It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Yes, it starts right now. It is a Friday football fiasco. KT Live, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. And we got a great show for you. I mean, it's jam-packed, and you know our regular lineup on Fridays. And I've got Megalots coming up at 625, and we'll go a couple segments there. We'll break down 10 college football games that he is on. And then hour number two, John Cole, BCCS Sports. He will join me that first segment. He's got a bunch of games that he's going to go over, but he's got a bunch of games with a great enticing package for you to get involved with BCCS Sports. And then special guests coming up at about 728, Mark Johnson, the voice of the Colorado Buffaloes. Yes, he's up there in Eugene, Oregon, Autzen Stadium. My other buddy Jerry Allen calls the games for the Ducks. So that'll be a fun game tomorrow, and nobody really giving the Buffs much of a chance. Travis Hunter, out, two-way player, their best athlete. Shador Sanders, a lot of pressure on Shador. We'll talk with Mark Johnson and what it's been like over there in the Boulder area and uh, throughout college football as far as from his perspective. And he's a great outdoorsman as well, somebody, avid fisherman, hunter, big time, and really enjoys the outdoors. So I'm going to see if uh, maybe I can connect him with one of our other guests, Chad Belding, and also Carl Mecklenburg right there in Colorado. I'm just wondering if Mark Johnson and Carl Mecklenburg have ever hooked up and done some hunting. And then we'll close the show with Jonathan Sasowski over there, TV8, and Sisow, a big-time college football, college basketball junkie. He'll also weigh in on that Raiders and Steelers game, the Sunday night affair, and that's how we'll close up the show. But we're going to start it off just like this. Now, the starting five, number one. All right, look, I got to give it to these guys, man. John Lynch, always enjoyed watching him play football. Kyle Shanahan, I like him. I mean, I love his innovative offensive mind. I mean, he's always got pieces in motion, you know, deception. Gosh dang it, man, if we could just get one more score against the Patriots when he was there with the Falcons. My goodness, it's the one that frustrates me. And, of course, still my favorite little skit there with Peyton Manning having everybody over at his house after he retired for that Super Bowl and watching Brady come back. But anyway, those two guys getting a contract extension, multi-year contract extension. Yeah, the Niners blew out the Giants last night. They go to 3-0. and Both these guys, Shanahan head coach and GM John Lynch, signed six-year deals back in 2017. And I'll tell you, when you look at what Shanahan did, and, you know, John Lynch has to weigh in on it as well. I mean, they went in. They went all in on Lance, right? The youngster from North Dakota State only played 14 games, collegiate level, FCS level. So far has not panned out. They shipped him off to Dallas. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's here in Vegas. So who bails him out? Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. They should buy this guy a house with the uh, extensions they just got. They should just go and buy Brock Purdy, whatever he wants. He came up big last night, but he is the guy that has saved that team. We know the defense is good. We know getting McCaffrey was a big move last year by John Lynch. That is a complete team. That is a team to beat in the NFC as far as I'm concerned right now. If Purdy continues to play at this level, they are going to be tough. Like Philly, Jalen Hurts and company, Dallas as well, but Dallas a couple 
you know, key injuries, and uh, we'll see if they're able to get over the hump. But congratulations to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Multi-year contract extensions, well-deserved. Number two. All right, got to go right to it. I mean, baseball. There are some big-time baseball series coming up in the next week and a half. One started tonight in the American League. And if you're paying attention to these wild-card races, they are absolutely unbelievable. And I'm talking about the American League West race as well. There are three teams starting the evening within a half game of each other. Only two of those teams may make it. Now, all three could make it if two of them get the wild card and one wins the AL West. They're going to need help. They're going to need the Toronto Blue Jays to fall out. Right now, if the season were to end today, Toronto would have been in, Houston would have been in, but there was a deadlock, a tie, exact same record, 84-68, and with Seattle at Texas. And that series starts tonight in Arlington. So far... If you have the Rangers, you're looking good. Last I saw, they had a no-hitter. Let me see if that's still intact here. And no, Mariners do have a hit, but it is still 4-0 Texas. They have gone to the bottom of the fifth. Bobby Miller got hit hard early. Four runs, five hits there for the Mariners. For Texas, Dunning, Dane Dunning, pitching a one-hitter. Bottom of the fifth, 4-0 Rangers. Again, they started deadlocked going into the evening. Meanwhile, Toronto trying to take care of business. They are right now leading the Tampa Bay Rays at the top, top nine, five to two. They've just added an insurance run. They're still batting with a man on second and one out. That's good news for the Baltimore Orioles because the Orioles, they're struggling a little bit right now themselves in trying to wrap up the AL East. Right now with the Guardians of Cleveland, they are trailing that game top seven, six, five. An Oriole win and a Tampa loss, and I'm feeling real confident that Baltimore will definitely win that division. Tampa Bay just doesn't go away, but I'm telling you, American League playoffs right there for the taking. We've got nine games left going into the evening. American League fun, National League fun. I'll catch you up on the National League in a little bit. Number three. All right, got to get right into it. The four-pack as far as college football. Now, we've got two games in the Mountain West that are going to be starting Identical times. Both going to kick off at 7.30. So a half hour before SportsX Radio finishes up, both those games will kick off, which is good for me because I'll be able to kick back and I'll be able to watch both those games. And I'm looking forward, actually, to watch both of them. Now, one I have money on, one I do not. I did take a shot on San Jose State. They are right now at home, plus six, against Air Force. There are some six-and-a-halves around town. Brad Powers and I, we played this early, so I got a lousy number. But I'm thinking San Jose State wins the game. Nothing against Air Force. Very respectable team. Troy Calhoun, one of my favorite coaches in the country. But I went with San Jose State. So sometimes you prognosticate and you think you're going to get the better of the line. Sometimes it backfires. So I've got the worst of the line. Four is what I got. Line is up to six. And again, got as high as six and a half. Some people bought it up to seven. Air Force, the favorite. Total 45 and a half. Game at San Jose. Meanwhile, Boise State. They will be at San Diego State. Both these teams struggling. Brad Powers and I talked about it last night. Boise State right now a six-point favorite against Brady Hoke's San Diego State Aztecs, 47-year total. There are two other games underway. Purdue finally gets in the end zone. They're at home in West Lafayette. They've lost, I think, eight in a row to Wisconsin. Badgers right now lead at 24-10, 8.32 to go, third quarter from Purdue. So we'll keep an eye on that one. And NC State breaks a 7-7 tie right before halftime in Charlottesville. They lead Virginia 14-7 at intermission. One Ivy League game as well. Harvard 20-10 now leads Brown. They trailed that game 10-0, so 20 unanswered by the Crimson. 10-54 to go in the third quarter. 
number four. Number four. My goodness, I'm running out of stuff to talk about here. No, actually, I just want to kind of get this in here. It's kind of crazy how, uh, you know, ruthless some people are. I mean, $100,000 worth of equipment, construction equipment, stolen from Soldier Field. Now, it didn't belong to the Bears. It belonged to a construction company there. Ride-along mowers, John Deere, Gator Utility Vehicles. I mean, gosh dang, people are so brazen. They literally cut through a fence and uh, removed that and then took all these, uh, you know, apparatus things uh, that you need there for, you know, kind of cleaning up the field, keeping everything intact, but over $100,000 worth of equipment. And then I started thinking, Afghanistan. Can you even believe it? I mean, look, I know it's a sports talk show, but I'm a military guy, man. I'm a veteran. When I look back, do you know that we left $7 billion worth of military equipment in Afghanistan? You got to be freaking kidding me, man. I mean, stuff like that just blows my mind. It is sports talk radio, but I got to duck that in there because I'm thinking 100000 They're making a big deal about it. Yeah, I get it, especially if it's your construction company. $7 billion in military equipment left in Afghanistan. Thanks, Joe. Number five. And number five, got to get to the headline as far as NFL football. And we've got a lot of guys that are going to be missing. Some guys we don't know about yet. Now, we're hoping the Raiders get healthy and uh, Jacoby Myers looking like he'll be able to go. That's big Sunday night game right here. Home opener for the Raiders against the Steelers. Looking forward to that game. And uh, hoping the Silver and Black State can take care of business, get to 2-1 and one after getting thug, thumped, uh, I should say, big time in Buffalo. I mean, they just got beat up big time in that second half was close at the beginning Raiders actually got that first touchdown to take the lead but they're gonna have to play much better we'll see what happens but there are a lot of major players out I'm telling you this Chargers team they're staring 0-3 in the face and right now Minnesota is a one-point favorite that game has been a pick pretty much all week but Eckler is going to miss again that is brutal I'm telling you I like Herbert I get it Josh Kelly can play running back But Eckler is a dual threat. This guy is so versatile. And I know he wanted out of L.A. initially because he wasn't getting paid enough. I think the Chargers are realizing now how valuable Austin Eckler is. Meanwhile, the Ravens, they're going to miss seven players, including Odell Beckham Jr., Ronnie Stanley, big Vegas kid, of course, going to be out again. That's a major loss on the offensive line. They're going to miss their center again. Packers right now hoping that Christian Watson gets to get on the field. Also, Aaron Jones, both those guys questionable. Bryce Young is going to be out. Andy Dalton will step in for Carolina. Cincinnati, they hired Reed Stinnett today. Stinnett comes in to back up Jake Browning, who's backing up Joe Burrow. But Burrow, repercussions with the calf injury, so we don't know if he'll be able to go on Sunday at all. We'll see what happens in that game. Kareem Hunt will play. They just signed him, the Cleveland Browns did. He'll back up Jerome Ford, but of course he knows what it's like being part of a two-man tandem there. Did it with Nick Chubb for a while, and of course Chubb now out for the year. I'll get to some of the other NFL injuries a little bit later, but that kind of gives you a little bit as far as how tough things could be for some of these teams going into Sunday and Monday. All right, so that is a look at the starting five. Let me get some stuff in there, because you can always go back, use the Odyssey Rewind after the show's over, in case you miss anything. Uh, things do change, but weather, as far as some of these college games, Louisiana Tech, Nebraska, 13-mile-an-hour winds, 56% chance of rain. Hawaii, there's not going to be any rain, but 21-mile-per-hour winds against New Mexico State. So keep an eye on that. Again, things can change. Duke and Yukon, 14-mile-an-hour wins, 78% chance of rain. Duke and Yukon, remember what Brad Power said. He said, keep an eye on that game and jump on Duke, especially no matter what happens with the Notre Dame game, one way or the other. They're either going to get 
beat by Ohio State and maybe de- be deflated, or they're going to be on cloud nine if they knock off the Buckeyes in South Bend. Uh, let me see, Miami and Temple. How about 22-mile-an-hour winds there in Philly, 81% chance of rain. Texas Tech, West Virginia, 13-mile-per-hour winds, 47% chance of rain. BYU and Kansas from Lawrence, 16-mile-per-hour winds, 63% chance of rain. New Mexico and UMass, 10-mile-an-hour winds, 60% chance of rain. Uh, Central Michigan, South Alabama, 14-mile-an-hour winds, 95% chance of rain there in Mobile. Liberty, FIU, Florida International, 49% chance of rain. The wind not going to be a factor. Iowa, Penn State, Happy Valley, Mark Hoke's team, Nittany Lions at home. It's a whiteout, 14 miles per hour as far as the wind, 71% chance of rain. And then on the West Coast, Cal and Washington, won't be much wind, 8 miles per hour up there in Seattle, but 84% chance of rain throughout the game with Cal and Washington. So that's a quick little tidbit there. Now, with all the guests coming in, I may not have a chance to give you some of KT's plays a little bit later. So let me just tell you some of the games that I'm on real quick before we go to our first break and come back with Megalocks. I did play South Carolina. I think Spencer Rattler will have a big game at home. I think they'll beat Mississippi State by double digits. Brad Powers agreed with me there. I got a bad number with Clemson, uh, plus one and a half. I thought I had two and a half. I actually only had one and a half. Line went up to two and a half. And then back to one and a half. So we'll see where it ends up. Florida State, the favorite on the road, coming off a nip and tuck game up in Chestnut Hill where they beat Boston College 31-29, but got outgained by 120 yards. And Brad doesn't think that Jordan Travis, the quarterback for Fresno State or for Florida State, is 100%. So we'll wait and see. But this is a big game for Klubnik, the quarterback for Clemson. Can he uh, take the stage? Death Valley is going to be rocking. they got to get off to a good start. I also took Rutgers plus 24.5 at Michigan. I just think it's too many points. We'll see if Shiano's defense can hang in there with Michigan. You know uh, McCarthy is going to try and get over those three interceptions he threw against Bowling Green. Also took Hawaii minus three at home against New Mexico State. Now remember, 21-mile-per-hour wins, but just like the Rainbow Warriors there. And then I took Mizzou. I know it's a neutral field, and I know Cook could be out quarterback there for Mizzou, but they got a couple decent backups playing Memphis. Didn't like what I saw from the Memphis Tigers at home against Navy last week. And the NFL took Miami minus the six-and-a-half against Denver at home. I just think Miami's going to have... Uh, field day as far as that Denver defense, and uh, they're going to move that ball up and down. As long as Tua gets outside that tackle box, takes advantage of the rules, and stays away you know, from harm's way, basically, doesn't get sacked and thrown around like a rag doll like happened last year a couple times with the uh, concussions, Miami's in good shape, and I think that's part of their offensive strategy this year. Also, I took the Lions. I know they're beat up. But I still think at home they will take care of business. Uh, teaser, two-team teaser, six points. You can move, uh, you know, the two teams and still only uh, lay one. Some places, 120 to win 100. I took the Jags minus two and the Cowboys down to six and a half, minus six and a half against the Arizona Cardinals. I like Seattle, uh, the Seahawks to win at home, minus five and a half against Carolina. And then Green Bay, I know there's question marks there as far as with Jones and Christian Watson, but I like the pack. I think they'll beat New Orleans. Uh, Derek Carr and the Saints off to a 2-0 start, but both games have been ugly, rather ugly as far as the wins. But as they say here in Raiderland, just win, baby. Take a break, come back. Megalock's going to go over 10 games with me over the next couple segments, and that'll wrap up hour number one. Then hour number two, John Cole, going to talk some more college football and NFL football. Then we get the voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, Mark Johnson. We close it out with Jonathan Siskowski in uh, hour number two, and we'll take you right up to 7 o'clock. So keep it right here, SportsX Radio, 101.5 on the FM side, 720 on the AM side used to be, and uh, we're hoping maybe there's a chance that could come back, but it is 101.5 FM Dawn, and we're streaming live on that Odyssey app. It is A-U-D-A-C-Y. You download it now. It is a free app. It is worldwide, and the, re- the uh, Rewind feature is absolutely fantastic. 
As soon as the show's over, search SportsX Radio. You can go back and listen to the show in its entirety. Live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios, I'm Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke, Mark Hoke Show. Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. You like professional wrestling, you will love the Mark Hoke Show. And you can also search his show as well on that Odyssey Rewind. Live from Vegas, we'll be right back. Maybe a simple life, but that's okay, yeah. If you ask me, maybe, I think I've got it made. Cause I got a roof over my head, the woman I love laying in my bed. And it's all right, all right. I got shoes under my feet forever in the eyes staring back at me. Darius Rucker as we come back. SportsX Radio on a Friday football fiasco. Chris Megalox Warinski going to join me in just a sec. Let me update some things real quick on the uh, out-of-town scoreboard. Wisconsin 27-10 now, leading Purdue 126 to go third quarter. Second half about underway. NC State, Virginia again 14-7. Wolfpack at intermission. Boise State, San Diego State coming up 7-30. Likewise, Air Force, San Jose State. We'll pay attention to both those games for the last half hour of SportsX Radio. Harvard 20-16 to over Brown, 3.55 to go in the third quarter. 6-5, the Orioles have, uh, I'm sorry, 6-6 Orioles. 6-6, top seven Orioles in Cleveland. 6-5, Pittsburgh has taken the lead in Cincinnati. That would be a major blow to the Reds. My goodness, that game's already gone over the total. But they had Abbott on the hill against Pittsburgh. And it's unbelievable, some of these teams that are out of it just play spoiler. Now, Phillies come back, taking a 4-3 lead over the Mets. That's bottom eight. Milwaukee, 16-1. to Miami needs this game like blood, but Milwaukee, they're trying to wrap up the NL Central. I mean, they're going to get there. But can you imagine having Burns, minus 148, and Milwaukee puts up a 12 spot in the second inning? It was 12 nothing after an inning and a half. 16-1 to right now was 16 nothing. That is top nine. Atlanta and Washington, bottom seven. Uh, all Braves 9-4 coming up, St. Louis, San Diego, Hudson, and Waldron. Padres, believe it or not, only four games out of the wild card. I know there's only nine games to go, but finally playing their best ball, but a little too late. San Francisco and the Dodgers, Manea and Ferguson, Giants three back of that last wild card starting the evening. It is a final Toronto beat Tampa 6-2. White Sox lead Boston 2-1, bottom eight. Still 6-6 now. Baltimore just tied that game up with Cleveland. They can pick up a game on the Rays if they... Uh, can get the W there in Cleveland. 6 nothing. Texas has added two more in the bottom of the fifth. They're still batting against uh, Bryce Miller. They got to Bryce Miller. It is 6 nothing. Texas leading Seattle. Again, both those teams starting the night tied for second place there in the AL West, and they were tied for that last wild card spot. Minnesota 3 nothing lead over the Angels. If they win, they wrap it up as far as the AL Central, or a Cleveland loss would do that as well. Kansas City surprising Houston. This is Raggins against uh, Valdez. It is four to two. Kansas City's held that lead since the second inning, and it is top six there in Houston. That would be a major shock right there as well if the Royals can get that W. Seven nothing. Yankees putting away Arizona. That is top nine. Diamondbacks, a game and a half plus as far as the second wild card coming into the evening. But uh, this will be a tough loss. They are at Yankee Stadium for three. They go to the White Sox for three, and then they close at home with Houston for three. So the Diamondbacks, all American League opponents. Uh, their last little bit there of the season. So we'll keep an eye on the baseball and the college football going right now. We'll welcome in my good buddy Megalox to the PSBR Law Studios. And uh, when you get out here, uh, Megalox, we're going to get you right into studios. 
in the studios here in Vegas. I, I know you uh, don't make it out here too much, but every once in a while, it'd be, it'd be nice to see you in person out here, make it to Vegas. But you, of course, north of the border over there in the Ontario area. And, of course, you're a college football junkie in the hockey world over there uh, north of the border there in Canada. You love what you do. Megalox.co is the website. It is outstanding. I mean, Chris, how long did it take you to get the breakdown of all those D1 teams where you, I mean, because it's pretty detailed out, but how long did that take you? A couple months? Yeah, good to see you. Uh, good to talk to KT and everybody. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it's a labor of love for sure. I mean, hundred you know, there's, they add a couple teams every year. So 133 of those bad boys. Um, you know, it takes months, but I, I absolutely love it. And it certainly, um, it helps you in the, in the preparation, obviously for the season. Uh, but it's one of those things I've just always loved. I, I've always loved researching and I've always loved writing. So uh, it's a labor of love and I uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. And I asked uh, Brad last night, Brad Powers, I said, Brad, what about the transfer portal? How much more difficult does that make your job? Because I know it's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, and, and I like it. You know, you're trying to figure, guys, okay, this guy left from this team. He was really good in the Sun Belt, but now he's going to an SEC team. So how's he going to transition against that competition? So that's a little tough right there. And sometimes you need to see not only the spring game and, and yeah, check out the articles, you know, from practice and listen to the reports, whatnot, but you also have to take maybe – a few games under their belt before you kind of get a feel chemistry wise, how things are going to pan out. Yeah, absolutely. I find, um, yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it, but I think with the transfer portal for me, it's just, um, it just makes for very difficult handicapping in the early in the season, because like you said, you've really got to see how things gel um, for every Texas state, you know, that, that comes out, get like gangbusters. There are other teams that just, you know, the new pieces don't fit in. So I just think that what that frankly means is that it's just a little trickier to navigate until a uh, conference play opens up. Uh, but again, it's just another challenge that kind of makes it more fun, right? There you go. All right, let's start with Colorado. The Buffaloes, Mark Jepson, the voice of the Buffs, going to join me in hour number two. Major blow, of course, with Travis Hunter, their two-way player out. Solid cornerback, wide receiver. Uh, Shador Sanders, a lot of pressure on him. Now, Colorado is plus six in the turnover department, but they're minus 11 in the sack department. I mean, that is not good. They've given up 16 sacks already, so they're going to really have to protect Sanders. They're going to have to get him outside the pocket because people don't understand. Travis Hunter may not have a ton of receptions and yardage, but he you know, gets double teamed a lot. He's that good of an athlete. So guys like Jimmy Horn Jr. are going to have to step up. Xavier Weaver, tight end Michael Harrison, all these guys are going to have to step up and do their part. Meanwhile, Oregon, Bo Nix, that has worked out great. The transfer from Auburn, everything looking peachy keen right there in Eugene, and and uh, there's no doubt that this Oregon team is explosive. Now, they were very fortunate to beat Texas Tech and uh, come back. Not only did they come back to uh, actually get the win, but they got a late interception return that actually covered that game, one of those Mission Impossible covers if you're uh, in the world of betting on these games. Uh, Irving and James and Whittington, good solid players as far as uh, offense. I mean, Troy Franklin, Gary Bryant Jr., Southern Cal guy, Tez Johnson. There's a lot of weapons there for Bo Nix. And defensively, they're pretty solid as well. They're also plus six in the turnover department, but they're uh, plus four in that sack department. They've let, yet to allow a sack early on. What's your take on this one? Colorado and Oregon. Ducks were minus 21 last I saw, and I think it's holding steady right there. Uh, minus Up to minus 13 and a half for the first half. A lot of people playing Oregon in that first half as well. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, I think it's probably obviously a a popular side, but I think keeping it relatively simple, I I like the Ducks in this spot. I mean, obviously they've uh, put up 81 and 55 already a couple of times this year in Colorado. 
Um, they're last in the in the Pac-12 in run defense. Um, their pass defense obviously takes a huge hit without Travis Hunter. They're second last in sacks uh, and in yards per play defense in the Pac-12. And and the big thing for me is just the intangibles of like Oregon does not have anything look to look forward to. Like they have Stanford next and then a bye, and Colorado coming off three. I mean every game seemed to be personal for them, right? Their first three games. So. I mean, can they do it for a fourth time? And playing at Oregon's pretty much the toughest place you can play. So I, I think it's no, not necessarily a diss against Colorado, but I think it's a great spot for Oregon. No doubt. And me as a USC fan know that the Trojans have to go to Hudson Stadium later on this year. I'll be at the Southern Cal ASU game tomorrow in Tempe. All right, next game on the docket, UCF, their first year in the Big 12. And Rice Plumley was doing a real nice job, but he got banged up with a – uh, injury, and so he is out for Gus Malzahn. Again, their first year in the Big 12. Timmy McLean stepping in, doing an adequate job, but they have to take on Kansas State, but it's a Kansas State team that's banged up as well, and there's a good chance that their quarterback could miss tomorrow as well. So uh, this uh, is a difficult spot because K-State's coming off the last second loss at Missouri. Right now, K-State minus 4.5-52. By the way, that Oregon line is still 20 one and uh, 70 is your total there. But in this game, again, Kansas State at the Westgate Superbook, minus four and a half, total of 52. You know, there's players on both sides. Uh, even if Howard can't go, Giddens and Ward, real solid in the backfield. And they've got some good, solid receivers as well. So uh, can K-State, I mean, they're well coached by climbing. Can they rebound off that 30-27 loss at Missouri? Yeah, I think we're getting some good value here in Kansas State. I mean, obviously, Will Howard has been, you know, throwing the ball very well the last, you know, well, this year and uh, and going back to last season. But I, Avery Johnson is unbelievably fast. He's highly regarded. I'm not sure, you know, we're not sure about what he can do uh, throwing the football yet. But, I mean, uh, USF is number nine in the Big 12 against the run despite playing a schedule in the 140s. So I just think Kansas State will be able to, you know, follow their game plan. UCF's playing with a backup quarterback, too. And like you said, Chris Kleiman, he's one of the best around ATS. I think he's he's well over 60% in his career. Um, so I, I like K-State to win this game by seven or more. There you go. All right, McLean, yeah, doing a good job so far since Plumlee went down. Uh, he's thrown for 374 and a couple touchdowns, no interceptions. And he's got two solid uh, running backs back there, R.J. Harvey, real good, and Johnny Richardson as well. Uh, but that was going up against Villanova. Nothing against Nova. They're a good, solid FCS program for a long time. But uh, Plumlee a guy that uh, they need if they're really going to make a dent there in their first year in the Big 12. Let's move on to TCU and SMU. And I got a feeling that you're on with Brad Powers. I swear there's always a conspiracy game between you and Powers. I don't know. I got to catch on to it. I didn't didn't catch it, and and I probably should have. But I like TCU in the game, SMU. Uh, Rhett Lashley in his second year. And, and you know, Brad sold that uh, Preston Stone's a pretty good quarterback. So I had my doubts. I like the way Chandler Morris is playing for TCU. Uh, Bailey out of the backfield has been real fun, over six yards of carry. Uh, they've got some pretty good receivers in Richardson and Thompson as well. So uh, Hodges and OBLs are uh, these two linebackers for TCU. They're going to have to keep SMU in check. And people don't realize they look at that SMU game at Oklahoma that was a real close game until Oklahoma got a couple touchdowns late, not only to win the game, but to get the, the cover. But SMU was right there within one score. Yeah, I like, uh, I like SMU. I think we've got the conspiracy theory going again. But, I mean, SMU in the last couple of seasons, they've proven. I mean, in TCU as a team that made the national championship game last year, and they, they were within eight points last year. Um, the road team does very well in this series, and that kind of makes sense given how close the schools are. 
Um, but as far as I'm concerned, I mean, SMU, like you said, they've got the best win on the docket for sure. They were right there with Oklahoma, and they kind of got away from them in the, in the fourth quarter. Uh, but they had a shot, and they had a shot to win that game outright. And what's, I mean, TCU's best performance was, I don't know, losing to Colorado. So I think seven points is pretty generous, and I think this will be a one-score game. All right, we'll see if uh, KT's on the wrong side again. Going against Powers and Megalox is not good for Ken Thompson. Last time I did that in North Carolina, uh, they had trouble even winning the game against Appalachian State. So I'll have to uh, make sure when I get Megalox's list of games and I kind of put it there and I have Powers on Thursday, I'm going to have to kind of go slowly so I can make sure I don't get myself in any uh, bear traps there. All right, Mississippi at Bama. Bama coming off a 17-3 win, but uh, we know that Milrow didn't play in that game. We expect him to have a good game at home against Mississippi. I mean, this should be a fun game. Jackson Dart has been starting. He's done a nice job throwing for almost 900 yards and seven touchdowns, one pick. He's rushed for two more. Spencer Sanders, a transfer from Oklahoma State, is there as well. They have Judkins out of the backfield and Bentley the fourth, so two solid running backs. Uh, Watkins, Wade, Harris, uh, these guys pretty good as well. Uh, your take as far as Ole Miss going into Bama, we know Lane Kiffin, very uh, innovative offensive mind and knows all about Saban, but Saban knows his tendencies as well. Uh, Simpson and Buckner struck out, so Milrow's going to be the guy, and you would expect you know, a couple receivers in Bond and Burton to step it up a little bit more. And look for Niblick, the uh, tight end there for Alabama, to get a lot of work in this game. And then the defense will have to hold their own for Bama, led by a couple linebackers in Turner and Lawson. Go ahead, give it to me, because Brad's on Bama and this line ducked under seven, but then is back to seven last I saw, and I'll check it just to make sure. But where are you on this one, Chris? Are you on Bama or are you on Mississippi? Well, so yeah, first off, this is the kind of game that makes handicapping so awesome because, I mean, there is obviously there's a – I like Ole Miss, but there is a pathway, obviously, for Bama, and it's just they've got to establish the run, run the ball well, and take some deep shots. I mean, Emilio's proven against Texas he can do that occasionally, but – I mean, that's their path to victory, but their offensive line has been so horrible. I mean, I don't really know how you can foresee that actually being, a, you know, a game plan that they can keep going for four quarters. Um, I mean, they don't have, they haven't had an NFL, they don't have an NFL quarterback on this roster, and they probably have the worst quarterback room in the SEC altogether, right? So I just think Ole Miss, they've been pointing to this game. They're getting some key weapons back this week. Probably Zachary Franklin and Cade Priestcorn are going to be back. Uh, Matt, uh, sorry, Matt Corral is not Matt Corral. It's Jackson Dart. He's playing like Matt Corral. Uh, 12, 12 and a half yards per attempt, uh, one interception all season. So I think, I mean, this isn't a pick right? It's not a three-point spread. I think a touchdown is a very fair number, and there's plenty of sevens out there still. So I would take Ole Miss. Yeah, it is at the Westgate Superbook. It's back to seven, total 56, uh, seven back at uh... – Several places, Caesars. Uh, Circa right now, 6.5 and and minus 115 on Bama. So you'll see uh, folks that like Bama get down there. And, again, total 56 is pretty consistent around town. We'll duck one more in before we take a break here. And this is a big game for me and Brad and Clemson and Florida State. And Florida State, you know, maybe a little deceiving score-wise, 31-29. But when you looked at yardage and you watched the game, I mean, Boston College, they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. But they were able to move the ball with regularity against that Florida State defense. So, uh, I, again, I, I said this initially, when Florida State beat LSU, this game was tied with a minute 30 to go in the third quarter. LSU had a pass to Lacey that would have been, if not a touchdown, would have put them inside the 10-yard line, a chance to take the lead there at the end. They, they floundered there, and then Florida State came back and scored, and they opened it up. And so the score looks deceiving there, you know, 45-24 is the final. So if you didn't watch the game, 
you know, or go back and I watch it a couple of times, then you're not going to realize that LSU was right there in that game. And I came out afterwards and said, LSU's good enough, like last year losing to Florida State, but they're good enough to win the West in the SEC. And I still stand by that. I still think they have a great chance to win the West, especially as what we see uh, so far from Alabama, uh, who's been exposed. Clemson. They need to come up big, and they lost that opener to Duke. They've played a couple, as you would say, tomato cans in Charleston Southern and Florida Atlantic. Now they get FSU, and this is the much-anticipated ACC game. But I think the crowd's going to be into it for you know from from Jump Street there, and, and I'm looking for Cade Klubnick to have his biggest game as a Clemson Tiger. I'm on Clemson. Where is Megalox? This is it. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to uh, fence it on this and take the over 55. I think you kind of built half my case for me. The Florida State defense um, has not been good at all. I mean, Boston College, I mean, you can say it was a bit of a letdown spot, but I mean, they have basically a really good dual threat quarterback and basically nothing at wide receiver or running back. And they put up well over 400 yards, almost 500. They gave up uh, similar to LSU. And they don't rank well statistically in any, any category at all. So I think Clemson, while they don't make super explosive plays, they make a bunch of 10, 10 to 20-yard plays. And I think they're going to move the chains. Florida State's just too explosive at wide receiver. And we know how mobile Travis is. He can create problems. So I think 55 is a fair number. So I'm going to take the over. All right, good deal. So at least you're not against me. I feel better there. Uh, Keon Coleman, where where was he? He was non-existent in the game against BC. Johnny Wilson, back to his usual self, four receptions for 105. But and yeah, I heard something after the game, and I mean, you know, sometimes this stuff is all garbage. But I mean, I heard a bunch. There was a bunch of players with the flu, so maybe he was one of those guys, kind of like the entire Iowa State team had the flu. <laughs> so I don't. You never know how true all this stuff is, but that could have been the reason. Uh, they looked very lethargic, so I kind of believe it. But um, I think that was the deal last week. Yeah, and that could be. That could be. Probably uh, sat out a bunch of plays there, and uh, I'll, I'll go back. I didn't see, but he, he wasn't targeted. He had a two-yard run, and I was like, where is this guy that was really the LSU killer? And uh, so we'll see if Keon Coleman is uh, healthy and ready to roll because he has 12 receptions, 170, and four touchdowns already. We take a break. We come back. SportsX Radio will keep things rolling with Megalox up to uh, right around 56. By the way, the Bet Las Vegas, that's uh, HD2, 98.5 HD2, and also on the Odyssey app, Auburn and A&M. Texas A&M from College Station, 9 a.m. coverage starts tomorrow. And then on Sunday on our sister station, 840KXNT, it is Chargers and Vikings. And my goodness, that is a must win for both teams. Both teams 0-2 out of the gate. It's in Minnesota. And, of course, we get the uh, West Coast start time of 10 a.m. on Sunday. Take a break. Come back with Megalox. You're listening to SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM KDON. And, of course, streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Mark Hoke running the show. I'll be back with Chris Wierinski, Megalox, right after these words. A little George Michael, gotta have faith, no question. Mark Oak spinning the hits on a Friday football fiasco. Ken Thompson, Chris Wierinski, a.k.a. Megalox, megalox.co. Remember, he's up there in Canada, is the uh, website. Reds trail at home to the Pirates after eight now, six to five. Uh, Guardians have gotten the lead back against the Orioles, still batting in the bottom half of the seventh inning. And Rangers, Texas, eight to three, leading Seattle. The surprise score now: Kansas City's opened it up seven to two. They lead at Houston. If KC knocks off the Astros and the Rangers win, the Rangers will move into first place. Houston will be in second place and uh, have that last wild card. Uh, Toronto already won, so 
they're good as far as the wild card. Right now, they will be in that second spot. We know Tampa Bay has that first wild card wrapped up if they do not catch the Orioles in the AL East. Also, the Cubbies, a 6 nothing shutout. They needed that win. They got it this afternoon against the Rockies. That will uh, keep them in the wild card uh, as far as they would make the playoffs if the season were to end. I'll get you all caught up on all of that early hour number two. But Megalox, we got Texas Tech and West Virginia, and I'm hoping you're going where I'm going. Joey McGuire, this team should be 3-0. and uh, Blew a big lead there at Wyoming and Laramie in the opener. Lost in uh, overtime. And then Oregon, they had them on the ropes as well. Ducks took a late lead and then got a crazy cover down there in Lubbock. And then they blew out Tarleton State. But Tyler Shuck, pretty good. They got Morton to back him up. Uh, Joey McGuire's a good coach. They have plenty of players. There's no question. Taj Brooks, outstanding running back, West Virginia. Garrett Green is out with a foot injury. So uh, Marshall comes in now, and he'll be uh, running the show there. I know the game's in Morgantown. Donaldson's not a bad running back, but my goodness, that game against Pittsburgh, they call it the backyard brawl, but that's exactly what it was. Nobody wanted to score. Nobody could move the ball. I think Texas Tech is going to win this game. Am I bumping heads with you? Are you on the total? Are you on Tech? Or are you on West Virginia? Well, I'm, I'm using the sneaky approach again because I'm going to go with a total. Um, I like the under 55, and uh, there's still plenty of 55s out there, but I, serious, I see some 54 and a half starting to sprinkle in there. Basically, West Virginia is obviously a completely, a totally grinding team, and I, I made this play before I knew about the status of Garrett Green, and just because, I mean, he was hobbling, like, seriously last week. So even if he played, I figure it wouldn't matter. So with the backup, uh, they've still got the running game, assuming Donaldson's healthy, but... I don't think there's going to be much of a passing game in Texas Tech. Um, one of the things I'll say is that I kind of forgot in the week one game against Wyoming, they're not a very explosive team, as you would think. They were number nine in yards per play last year in the Big 12. They're number eight this year. They're throwing too many interceptions. So kind of, I expect kind of a, a lower scoring game than people anticipate. And um, I prefer Texas Tech, but I think I'm going to roll with the under. There you go. All right. Uh, Army and Syracuse. We know the Q's off to a good 3-0 start there. Uh, Garrett Schrader, good, solid quarterback. Uh, you know, they got a good backup, too. Uh, his kid, Carlos Del Rio Wilson, uh, looks like he's got potential there. But LaQuint Allen doing a nice job running the ball. Brown and Hatcher, uh, Jones and Alford, all four of those receivers doing their job there. Uh, for Dino Babers, they're plus four in the turnover department. Army, Bryson Daly's been the offense, more or less. Thrown for 447 and two, rushed for 228 and three. Hayden Reed, not a bad running back. What's your take here? Army and the Cuse. Cuse, Cuse uh, you know, been taking care of business, but Army uh, lost that opener at UL Monroe, then blew out Delaware State, no surprise there, but then won at UTSA. Frank Harris didn't get to play that game. Where are you on this one, Syracuse and Army? I'm going to gobble up the points here. Um, Double-digit dog. They're number nine in the country in rushing. I mean, they're averaging two penalties per game. So, obviously, the new chop blocking rules haven't affected them. They're passing the ball more. They're number two in time of possession. I just think it's going to be limited time of limited possessions for both teams. Syracuse played the 168th toughest schedule. Um, and they got huge games with Clemson. North Carolina and Florida State after this. So I think I'd have to take the, take the Army side in this one. There you go. Right now, Army plus 13 at the Westgate Superbook. Totals 50 and a half. And also that total in the Texas Tech-West Virginia game at the Superbook is 55 with Texas Tech now a five and a half point favorite. Jump over to James Madison and Kurt Signetti in his fifth year and, of course, doing a nice job there in the Sun Belt. Uh, unbeaten so far. Beat Bucknell and then a couple road wins at Virginia, at Troy. Now they're at Utah State and Blake Anderson 
Uh, boy, it's been tough go for uh, Utah State, but Hillstead uh, quarterback stepping in, moving the offense there, even though they got beat up by Air Force early in that game. Utah State at least uh, showed some life in the second half, and they've got some playmakers as well. Jordan McLeod runs the JMU uh, Dukes offense. What's your take here with James Madison on the road at Utah State? And I'm trying to uh, find that line. There it is. James Madison now a five-point favorite, 53-year total from Logan. Yeah, this this uh, this game proved to me that you can't even go to the fridge to get a sandwich because it was six six and a half, and I was just patiently waiting for the seven, and then I come to my computer and it's five five and a half. I'm like, what's going on? So uh, I guess the mobsters got to it before me, but I still like it at five. I think this is a horrible spot for James Madison. I had this one circled in the summer. Um, their third straight road game, and they're going to altitude against Utah State. I love the change of quarterback for Utah State. Um, when they can throw the ball, they can score. I mean, they scored 78 against Idaho State, who's obviously not a very good team, but they can move the ball, and they only lost by 10 at Iowa, and they could have packed it in early because they were down 14-3 early. So I, I like the Aggies, maybe even a shot to win it outright. There you go. All right, got about two and a half minutes with two games to go. Duke at home against – or Duke on the road, I'm sorry, against Connecticut. Uh, and UConn, of course, banged up, losing their starting quarterback on with Roberson now, the transfer from Penn State. Uh, NC State, they played them tough, the opener. Then Georgia State, we saw Georgia State take care of Coastal Carolina, so no shame there. And then Florida International, that team's just finding ways to win. Connecticut and Duke, we know Riley Leonard and company, they've got Notre Dame on deck and already beat Clemson. This is one heck of a coaching job by Mike Elko. What about the Dukies on the road at UConn? Are they looking ahead? Is that where you're going on this one, Chris? It's a combination of things, but yes, it's a look at spot ahead to Notre Dame, and also um, UConn's still pretty good defensively, and there's some definitely some weather issues brewing, and I think the, the totals in the mid 40s. Uh, Duke's plus 40 ATS against two FBS foes, so I think they're they're getting a lot of love still from. They're a good team, I love Duke, but I'm just saying I, th- I think catching over 21 uh, is is a lot, so I'm going to take UConn for a small play. There you go, and right now 14 mile per hour winds, 78% chance of rain there, and uh, Stores, Connecticut, UConn. Uh, catching 22 against Duke, total is 45. New Mexico State coming off the win against uh, state rival New Mexico and uh, playing decent ball. They lost a tough game in the opener against UMass uh, where they outgained the Minutemen. Then they blew out Western Illinois and FCS Club, and then they lost at Liberty 33-17. Now they're at Hawaii, Timmy Chang and the Rainbow Warriors. One win against FCS Albany. Uh, hung in their second half with Stanford and played a tough game in the opener in Nashville against Vandy. What about this one with Hawaii? It's finally a Hawaii home game, so we got a uh, got the late night game. Uh, what's your take there? I don't even know. Yeah, let me see. Yeah, it is nine o'clock, so uh, Pacific time. So Hawaii minus three fifty five and a half. Got about a minute. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's another one of those t- t- really crazy tough scheduling spot. Um, third straight road game. They're at Liberty. Then they play, they go to New Mexico, beat their rival in an emotional game, and now they got to go out to Hawaii. And their defense has been, it's been awful this year. Uh, 40 points against UMass, 500 yards against Liberty, 400 yards last week against New Mexico. So I wouldn't lay any more than three, but I think Hawaii can get it done on the island. Megalox, you're awesome, man. Always get it in under the gun there, buddy. I appreciate you at megalox.co. Uh, folks, you got 10 games every Friday from Chris Warinski. He is outstanding. And uh, go to his site. And I'm telling you, he's made a lot of people a lot of money over the years. I've known him for a bunch of years, and I enjoy getting him on the show. And now to get him regularly on the Friday Football Fiasco is just great for SportsX Radio. Chris, we'll talk again next Friday. God bless, brother. 
Thanks so much, Ken. Appreciate it. Good luck, everyone. There you go. Great stuff. All right. Hour number one in the books. Wisconsin, a 30-17 to 17 lead now over Purdue. 7-11 to go in the fourth quarter there from West Lafayette. Uh, NC State's lead cut down to 4, 14-10, to 10, 304 to go third quarter at Virginia. Getting ready for Boise State, San Diego State, Air Force, San Jose State. couple Mountain West games going to kick off in a few minutes from now. Uh, we are live from Vegas, 101.5 FMK Dome. We're streaming live on that Odyssey app. Hour number one in the books. Coming back, hour number two, action-packed with John Cole, Mark Johnson, the voice of the Buffs. We close it out with Jonathan Sasowski, live from Vegas. I'm Ken Thompson. You're listening to SportsX Radio. I'll be right back. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT Live, Friday Football Fiasco, hour number two, PSBR Lost Studios in Las Vegas. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice, the best in personal injury for a long time in the uh, Southern California area, and now year number four here in the Vegas Valley. You may not need them now, but in the future, you may need the best in personal injury. So jot the number down. You got the 702 area code down for Vegas, 830 9353 830 no, I thought it was Ches Malusi that went down for Wisconsin. Luke Fickle trying to get a road win and Wisconsin trying to keep their mastery of the Boilermakers. They just uh, don't lose to Purdue. I've actually uh, gone to one of those games in the last five years. Wisconsin 30, Purdue 17, 626 to go. The Boilermakers will get the ball back uh, as Wisconsin's punting it from midfield. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Remember, we have two Mountain West games coming up, and my good pal John Cole is on both of those games, BCCS Sports. John joined me last week, uh, had a great uh, incentive for listeners, SportsX Radio, and uh, he'll continue to roll things out. He's got a great crew over there. BCCS Sports is the website, bccsports.com. John Cole, one of those those good old boys with that southern accent and uh, just a real gentleman. I just love hanging out with him when he makes it out to Vegas. And, of course, uh, John's good friends with my good buddy Kenny Kelly, so that's how I met John, but looking forward to seeing him again. And hopefully we can make some money, uh, JC. Uh, Texas Tech in West Virginia is where we're going to start it off as far as uh, five games we're going to go over. But those are not games that you're going to be selling. But if people get online now, they can still get down because in a half hour, about 25 minutes from now, you're on both Boise State and San Diego, Boise State, San Diego State, and Air Force and San Jose State. So you have both those games as far as your weekend package. I think you have like 16 games out there between college football tomorrow. Uh, You have five NFL games and, of course, those two college games tonight. So if you have something you want to get out now, this this way uh, people may be able to still get down and get those two plays and get on it now with Boise State, San Diego State kicking off at 730 as well as Air Force, San Jose State. Yeah, JT, thanks for having me. Appreciate it as always. Uh, Yeah, if you go to the website, bccssports.com, 
click on the monthly package right now. It's fifty percent off. Put in the code halftime with a capital H. You get thirty days of all sports, football, NFL, college, and baseball here with the playoffs approaching uh, in the next week and a half. You'll get all that half off. And yeah, we got two games uh, going tonight. Uh, we got eleven big slate going tomorrow, and then finish it up Sunday. Uh, with a really good card that I love. Yeah, no doubt. I'm telling you, there's uh, there's going to be some fun games tomorrow. The rubber will hit the road. NC State has just uh, scored here. So it's 21-13. NC State leads Virginia. So still a one-score game. Fourth quarter just underway from Charlottesville, Wisconsin. 30-17 to leading Purdue against 6-18 to go. Boilermakers have a first down as uh, I believe they're right around Wisconsin territory. So they're trying to make it a one-score game. Uh, Harvard holding on 34-31, 6.41 to go against Brown. That crazy game, 65 points already. That total was 55, and the only FCS game still going. Uh, Pirates have added a run. They're now in the bottom of the night, 7-5. Pittsburgh leads Cincinnati, 4-4 Mets in Philly. That is top 10 Mets batting. Atlanta and Washington, 9-6 Braves. No score just underway. Padres at home against St. Louis with Hudson and Waldron going. And then Sam Fran and the Dodgers, Manea and Ferguson. They'll start up in just a minute. Cleveland has taken a 7-6 lead against Baltimore. That's still bottom eight as the uh, the Guardians trying to get the win there. Toronto beat Tampa Bay, so that was big. Texas doubling up on Seattle right now, top seven from Arlington, 8-4. to four. Still Royals in control, 7-2 to two at Houston, the surprise of the night. And you could have got the Royals a plus 230 in that game. Again, if KC wins, Texas wins, Texas will move into first place in the AL West. Houston will drop down into second, and Seattle will be in third and would be on the outside looking in because Toronto won tonight. So they held on to their spot there as far as the wild card American League. John, I'm telling you, it's insane with these two wild cards in both the American League and National League. I mean, the three, of course, from each, uh, you know, each league. But Tampa Bay's pretty much got the one spot wrapped up in the American League if they don't catch Baltimore. And then Philadelphia has been holding on to that one spot as far as the wild card in the National League. But it's crazy, John. Yeah, I mean, uh, gosh, the Cubs, it looked like they were in total control, and then they drop a bunch of games. You know, the Red, the Pirates, they seem to be the spoiler, right? They knock off the Cubs back-to-back nights. Now they're topping the Reds. Uh, and then, and like you said, in the American League, that whole West is just, I mean, Houston, we think, okay, they're back to being Houston again. But actually, ever since they got Verlander, they were able to take the lead, but now they've been sputtering the past two weeks, really struggling. Uh, and you've made some hay if you've been taking the dog against Houston the past two weeks. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, they're under 500 in their last uh, 11 games, so kind of crazy. By the way, do have uh, some CFL football. Ottawa beat Saskatchewan 36-28. Game flies over the total, and the home dog gets the outright win. They were plus a point and a half, and then 20-7. to British Columbia leading Edmonton, leading the Elks. 15 seconds still to go in the first quarter. That total, 49.5. You already have 27 points in the first quarter. And I'm just like, sometimes you see some of these scores and you're like, God, why can't I be on that game? Uh, I saw that Milwaukee Brewer 12-run second inning, and I'm just like, you know, going like, hey, why, you know, give me Burns on the hill and a, and a 12-run second and, and have my whole bankroll on that game, man. I, sometimes, if it were just that easy, John, right? Yeah, if it were, if we could only have an easy winner, I, uh, I don't remember the last easy one I had. They all seemed difficult. 
Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's fly through some of these games. Uh, Texas Tech, West Virginia. Where are you on this team? Because they could easily be three and zero. Should have won at Wyoming, lose double overtime, and they had Oregon until the last uh, minute and a half there at home. Joey McGuire's pretty solid coach. West Virginia's a little beat up. I think they're going to be in trouble losing Garrett Green. I think Texas Tech's going to go in there. Although the line's moving against me, I played the Red Raiders, but line is moving against me there in Morgantown. Yeah, line setting at uh, five and a half is what I'm looking at right now. The Raiders, obviously, 44th ranked offense in the country. Uh, I think Shaw and the Raiders are going to get the best of West Virginia here. I didn't think West Virginia was that good. Uh, I thought the backyard brawl was obviously a very emotional game for them, and they were really playing for the coach because if he had lost that game, I think that would have been Sayonara uh, already. Um, but Texas Tech, they've taken the last four matchups against West Virginia. I just feel like West Virginia's overmatched here, even though the line's moving away from you. I feel like Texas Tech on the road can still get this one by a touchdown, KT. All right, there you go. All right, so we got about nine minutes to go and get in uh, these games. I'm sorry it took too long talking baseball there with you, but BYU and Kansas, uh, this one from Lawrence. Kansas struggled with Nevada, 31-24. Uh, after beating Illinois 34-23. It's a good Jayhawks team. There's no doubt Jalen Daniels is uh, is an exciting player to watch. Lance Leopold, real solid coach. But BYU, even though they got outgained in Arkansas, they found a way to get it done. Keaton Slovis, not a great game, but good enough, didn't turn it over. Uh, got outgained by 140 yards, but at the end of the day, came away with the 38-31 victory against the SEC Razorbacks. What's your take here, BYU and Kansas? Right now, 9.5 the Jayhawks favored at home in Lawrence. Well, when it first came out, I, I really liked BYU getting the points coming off that big win at Arkansas. And like you said, Kansas slipped a little bit. But uh, as the you know the betting public has seemed to keep piling up on BYU, but yet the line's going the other way. For me, it's ultimately a stay away, but I think this is going to be a tough game. Uh, but I could see something happening late to either get the backdoor cover or for the favorite to get across the finish line. All right, big game up at Rice-Eccles. And initially we thought Cam Rising was going to play. That line started climbing, and then it started dropping all day today. So I'm thinking maybe he's not going to go. Right now the line is Utah 3.5, and 52. And uh, we know Nate Johnson and Bryson Barnes have been splitting time, and Johnson's actually stepped up and uh, taken the bulk of the time now. Uh, but we'll see if Rising does get in. Uh, Jackson and Glover doing a nice job out of the backfield. They've got some good receivers in Parks and Vele, McLean, and Matthews. So there's playmakers. And, of course, Cole Bishop leads that defense. Outstanding safety. Uh, DeMooney really a solid linebacker as well. Dante Moore, looking forward to watching the kid. I really haven't paid attention to him. UCLA uh, struggled with Coastal Carolina, beat up on a weak San Diego State team, and then NC Central. So, as you say, uh, going up in class, uh, we'll wait and see how they pan out. But they got a couple good running backs in Carson Steele and T.J. Harden and then Sturdivant's a pretty good receiver. Uh, defense is what I'm interested to see, too, for the Bruins with Moasu and the uh, the Murphy twins and then Latu, pretty solid defensive lineman as well. So if they can get pressure on the Utah quarterback, UCLA may be able to hang in there. Where are you on this game? Uh, I didn't play the game, but i tell you what, UCLA was able to get the win last year. The thing with rising up and down, and Utah just hasn't looked like what we expected them to look like, right? We, we got faith in Whittingham. And playing in Utah is always tough, but I think I think UCLA is going to be able to stay within this number. I like what Chip Kelly's doing. They're kind of flying under the radar in that Pac-12. I think Utah is going to have their hands full, and I think UCLA can get the cover here. 
There you go. Braylon Allen, a late touchdown. Dodgers putting it away. Purdue, a win and a cover for Wisconsin. It looks like as they go down to three minutes, LSU and Arkansas talked about the Razorbacks. Uh, KJ Jefferson and company coming up short at home against BYU. Now you got to go to Baton Rouge. Good luck with that, especially without Rocket Sanders in the lineup. That is a major miss there for Arkansas. And Jaden Daniels starting to peak. Man, I'm telling you, I expect LSU to win the western half of the SEC. I think they'll beat Bama. Uh, you know, I know the game's in Tuscaloosa. One game at a time though they just got to stay healthy i like Diggs and williams i love neighbors outstanding receiver and brian thomas jr as well what's your take here arkansas lsu and the boys from the bayou big favorites in this game uh let me see last i saw here they are minus 18 54 and a half from baton rouge yeah lsu i'm right there with you i think they win that side of the sec i still think somehow they find their way in the college football playoff i think they're that good kt but 18 is way too many points. As long as Arkansas's got Jefferson, I know they had that disappointing uh, loss last week at home to BYU. But this is typical, right? Arkansas a bad loss at home. LSU smokes Mississippi State, so everybody thinks, all right, now LSU's back. I think LSU wins, wins by two scores, but 18 too much. I would side with the Razorbacks. I'm with you. Okay, let's jump to the NFL. Uh, Chargers and Vikings. This is a huge game for both teams. Both teams 0-2 out of the gate and no Austin Eckler. So I can't take the Chargers. I haven't played Minnesota yet, but I could see why the line moved to Minnesota minus one. They're at home. 54 your total. I mean, Austin Eckler to me is such a key part of that Charger offense. And I like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, there's no doubt Herbert can throw that ball all the way around. He can run it. Uh, but you know what? It's going to be tough, man, without Eckler. He's just that valuable to me as far as to make that offense click. Look, uh, I finally learned my lesson last week one last time. I can never, ever wager on a game that has Brian Staley involved in it whatsoever. Uh, So there's no way I can play this game. You would think Herbert would rise to the occasion, um, but their defense is just so porous and the decisions he makes. Uh, this is just a stay away for me, but the loser is in a lot of trouble, KT. Oh, there's no doubt. Loser is more than likely not going to make the postseason, but it is 17 games, but they would be 0-3 out of the gate. Titans and Browns. Browns, we know that Kareem Hunt now is there. We know Nick Chubb is gone. We know Ford stepped up and played a nice game, uh, but I'm uh, all about saying that Deshaun Watson is not good. I mean, unless there's some miraculous turnaround, I can't touch this Browns team right now. Now, I'm not saying I'm all over Tannehill and the Titans. I like Derrick Henry a lot, so I could see a low-scoring game. But what's your take here? Browns minus 3.5, even money, 39.5, low total there from Cleveland against Tennessee. I didn't play this or give it out to our to our team, KT, but i got to tell you what, this is typical, right? Titans beat the Chargers. Uh, it went from three to three and a half, but yet the money's signed with Tennessee. Uh, I think Cleveland here, four and one against the spread their last five. That defense may be the best in the AFC. Kareem Hunt and even Ford when he came in last week looked good. Uh, if I had to play the game, I would actually try to buy the hook and take the Browns minus three. I just can't trust Tennessee with Tannehill, like you said, way too erratic. But I'll take the home team getting less money. All right, Saints, uh, last game without Alvin Kamara, who's serving that three-game suspension. Should have been 30 games as far as I'm concerned, but is what it is. Uh, Derek Carr and company uh, found a way to win those first two games. Look, it's it's a New Orleans team that, 
you know, is, again, found ways to win. Two close games, but at the end of the day, those wins against Tennessee and at Carolina on Monday night were big. Now you're at Green Bay and still don't know if Christian Watson's going to go and do not know if Aaron Jones is going to go. Those are two key pieces for the Packers and head coach Matt LaFleur. I like this Packer team. I, I, I'm a Jordan Love fan. I think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, your take on this one, Green Bay, minus one, 42 and a half. Even if those guys don't go, I think Dylan's good enough in the backfield. I still think Green Bay is going to win this game. Yeah, no way I can take the Saints on the road. I saw them on the road at Carolina last week. Uh, and like you said, they eked out against Tennessee. I think as the season goes on, the Saints will be very formidable. But right now, I just don't think they're that good. They're not in a rhythm. And again, I'm not a big fan of defensive head coaches. Dennis Allen always struggled with the Raiders. Uh, and now I think he's struggling with the Saints. I think the Packers will have a game plan that fits love. They should have won the game last week. I think going back to Lambeau, Green Bay's the right side here, KT. All right. Uh, holding my breath to see what you think about the Raiders. My boys are uh, at home, the home opener at Allegiant Stadium, Sunday night football against Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, who found a way to get that win against Cleveland. The defense getting them a couple scores. Uh, that was on my birthday, September 18th. And I had Pittsburgh, so I was happy that they got the win over Cleveland. But it was ugly. But at the end of the day, just got to get that W. Now they come out to Vegas. You know there'll be a ton of Steeler fans there. Uh, there are Raider fans that are going to sell their tickets and others that have gotten tickets that are going to let them go for a nice little price. Uh, Raiders got the win, eked it out at Denver, missed extra point and missed field goal by the Broncos, but then got just thumped big time second half against Buffalo last week. Boy, oh boy, I'm just uh, I'm nervous about this one. I'm, I'm I'm not touching the game at all. Raiders are a two and a half point home favorite, minus one twenty to make a hundred. Uh, so this could kick up to three. I do see some three even monies out there. Totals forty three. Can the Raiders beat the Steelers to open up uh, the home season at Allegiant? Well, I'm with you. Uh, Monday night we gave out all of our people the Steelers for a double unit, which cashed in. Uh, and look, it, when the first line first came out at first glance, I'm like, oh, Steelers is the dog. That's a no-brainer. But again, money's starting to pile up the Steelers' way, KT. And the Raiders are actually 5-1 and one against the spread their last six meetings with the Steelers. And guess what? This Raider team, whether people want to like it or not, Jimmy Garoppolo wins when he's healthy. They get Adams back in the lineup. Remember, he went out last week against Buffalo. When he went out, it was 7 nothing. And Jacoby Myers back. Uh, I think the Raiders, I, I like the Raiders in this one to get it done. I haven't given it out or played it yet, uh, but I could see myself playing the Raiders or nothing here for sure. All right, well, good enough. As long as they win, just win, baby. That's all I care. And we'll wrap it up with my producer, Mark Hoax, Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Sirianni in his third year. Going to uh, Tampa Bay where they looked on the schedule, I'm sure a lot of those Eagles fans have said, ah, it's a W. And Baker Mayfield's playing better than advertised. Eagles are minus five, forty-five and a half. Uh, your take on this one, because I like the way Tampa Bay's playing. And, and I always liked Mayfield. I, I, I enjoyed his goofy little commercials and everything as well. Uh, but you know, he's playing decent football right now. We know Philly, what they did last year was no fluke. Uh, they don't have the same cast of characters, but they have most of them. And uh, got a ton of those guys from Georgia on that defense. What about the Eagles? Minus five at Tampa Bay, 45 and a half. Yeah, Eagles 8-1 and one straight up their last nine on the road. But look, KT, Tampa 4-1 and one straight up the last five meetings versus Philly. And Tampa's 5-2 and two straight up the last seven at home. I know you say, well, that's when Brady was there for a lot of that. But like you said, Baker has looked good. Remember, this is the same Baker Mayfield that took the Browns to the playoffs and got a win. But I think the last person to do that was Bernie Kosar, it feels like. 
So I'll take the Bucks here. That Eagles secondary is skeptical. Uh, I think Mike Evans and, and Godwin, they're going to have their hands full. It's on Monday night. I like a home dog here on Monday night, especially when the line is moving back towards them, but yet the money's going the other way. I'll take the uh, Buccaneers to fire the cannons in this one. There you go. All right. The Buccaneers plus five, 45 and a half. John Cole, BCCS Sports. John, get it out there one more time for the listeners so they can uh, hone in and get to that website. Yeah, absolutely. At bccssports.com. Uh, go to the monthly package, put in the promo code HALFTIME, all one word with a capital H. You get 30 days half off. Uh, if we're not at least six games over 500 uh, for that period, you get the next month totally free bccsports.com and you can always email me personally love chatting with people j-o-n john at bccsports.com outstanding john love it man good stuff and uh you know when you entice people and give them uh you know a deal like that you know they got nothing to lose man so I really appreciate you doing that, and uh, like I said, really enjoy hanging out with you, and I hope to see you soon in person. Hope you can make it back out to Vegas or Phoenix or wherever, and we'll hang out. And uh, I know you got a daughter going to Grand Canyon, so, uh, you know, we'll we'll connect on the West Coast soon. And uh, Kenny Kelly, man, what a great friend that we both have. Uh, We enjoy one of New York's finest, and we're glad that he retired out here in the Vegas Valley. So we'll talk to you next Friday, my man. Have an outstanding week and a great weekend. Uh, Let's have a big uh, uh, kick-butt Friday night with a couple games coming up in about 15 minutes, and then, uh, you know, take care of business tomorrow. Got 11 big games on the board tomorrow and five more on Sunday. So great stuff, John. Appreciate you. All right, buddy. Hey, and shout out to Kenny. He's a granddad now. Just had his baby grandson two days ago. So that is that is awesome, man. Kenny Kelly, man, great people. I will uh, give him a congratulatory call uh, either later tonight or tomorrow. That is John Cole. We take a break. We come back. Mark Johnson, the voice of the Colorado Buffaloes. He's in Eugene. They got the big game at Autzen Stadium tomorrow. Can Shador Sanders pull it off without his sidekick, Travis Hunter? We'll talk to Mark all about it when we come back, and then we'll close the show with Jonathan Sasowski. Before we go to break real quick, though, let me just duck this in. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Demographically, if you're between the ages of 40 and 72, you're fortunate that we've got the only scanner of its kind in the region. Gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. PDCenterLV.com is the website. You can give a call now. Leave a message, 534-7900. You know the 702 area code, 534-7900, 534-7900. Let me know Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio sent you. Comfortable scan. Takes just a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. Heart CT scan and calcium score special continues to roll out. $125 for a $600 value. Get that heart checked out. Guys, don't get blindsided by the Widowmaker. Ladies, understand heart disease, number one killer of women in the United States each and every year. And by the way, your significant other is absolutely free. So the two of you, $125, get that $600 value. Total $125 for a $1,200 value for the two of you. 534-7900, pdcenterlv.com. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. The Preventative Diagnostic Center under Dr. John Pierce. Take a break. Come back with Mark Johnson, the voice of the Buffs. Mark Hoke running the show. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM KDOM. We're streaming live on that Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it now. It is free. It is worldwide. We will be right back, live from Vegas. Ah, 
little lead of Ford on a Friday night, baby. Friday football fiasco, KT. And look, we're talking football nonstop, but you know what? We're keeping you updated on baseball. And you know my producer, Mark Hoke, the big-time Orioles fan, during the break, we're both like, come on, Aaron Hicks, man. You left the bases loaded last time up. They're losing 7-6, two outs in the top of the ninth. And Hicks comes up with a big hit with second and third and two outs. So the Orioles take the lead, top nine against the Guardians. Tampa Bay's already lost. This would be major as far as the Orioles getting a stranglehold pretty much on that AL East. If they can win this one, they go back three up in the loss column. That would be huge. Royals continue to dominate in Houston, 7-2. to two. So if they win that game... Texas moves into first place. The Rangers taking care of business at home in Arlington against Seattle. So pretty impressive uh, that uh, things are just this wild. Now, I shouldn't give uh, Texas the win yet. It's 8-4. to four. They're batting in the bottom of the eighth, so they got to get uh, one more. And baseball is baseball. You, sometimes, you know, and when you get a guy like Mark Johnson that's on, he's in Colorado. Now, the Rockies not playing good ball this year. But we remember when they won all those games in a row, and uh, it was one of those magical seasons. So baseball is baseball, and there's a reason Yogi said it ain't over till it's over. So, again, don't want to uh, put that one in the win column there for the Texas Rangers, but they came up big tonight early uh, against Miller, and 8-4 to four they lead bottom eight against Seattle. So Seattle would be the odd team out with Toronto winning. Toronto still in front there as far as that second wild card. And uh, it is getting crazy as far as that AL West. And we'll have eight games left after tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Texas and Seattle, they play a bunch of games against each other. Not only this three-game series in Texas, they close with four in Seattle. My goodness, it is crazy, Major League Baseball. So keeping you up to date. And, of course, college football we love, NFL we love. And what about what's going on with the Pac-12? I mean, how crushing was it for me being an SC fan my whole life and uh, just to watch the, you know, the destruction of the Pac-12. But I made it over there to Resorts World and had a great time. A couple of the kids, as you know, and I uh, tweeted out the pictures that I met from Colorado. Again, Dion couldn't be there, Coach Sanders, because he was going through his medical uh, problems. And, you know, got to meet his son, Shador, and then Travis Hunter, the two-way player who got, you know, nailed with a late shot last week against Colorado State. But what did I say? I said, both these kids, very, very confident, not cocky, and just real gentlemen. I mean, just good, fun kids. And I said, man, these kids have something. And so I thought Colorado could be pretty good. And right now, unbeaten. They have a big game at Autzen Stadium. Yes, a little shorthanded, but we bring on the voice of the Buffs. And, man, I'm telling you, if you have a radio like me, you can pick this guy up from Colorado at night in Vegas. It's crazy the way the airwaves travel sometimes. But uh, you know what? Mark Johnson's been doing it for a long time. And, Mark, I didn't realize what an avid outdoorsman you are, and I should have figured it out. Colorado, I mean, a lot of people into the hunting and the fishing, but I started looking at some of the you know, the images, and next thing I'm looking, I'm going, oh, my gosh, i got to introduce him to uh, where maybe he's gotten together with Chad Belding, who's been on my show, and Carl Mecklenburg I had on, and I know he's a hunter and uh, does some hunting. So, of course, a long-time Bronco. But it is great to have you back on SportsX Radio. It's been a long time. Mark Johnson, voice of the buffs, and a lot's been going on there in Boulder. Yeah, there's no doubt, Ken. It's, uh, it's like a tsunami has hit Boulder, Colorado here in the last nine months. And the prime effect is real, and it's affecting everything in Boulder. Yeah, no doubt. Mark Johnson, you still just uh, take it all in. And uh, talk to me a little bit about Dion, because you've dealt with you know a lot of coaches throughout your tenure there in uh, Colorado, there over in Boulder. So uh, you know, Coach Prime, man, he seems like just uh, just a hoot, man. I'm telling you, just a lot of confidence and just somebody, as I always say, somebody you want in your foxhole. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, I was saying, Ken, that uh, we, we hired not a coach, but a celebrity who coaches and a brand who coaches. And so with Coach Prime comes uh, a lot of things. And, and, you know, you've talked about what the record is sitting at 3-0. and The recruiting has been unbelievable. He transformed the entire roster, uh, brought an entirely new staff. I was just talking with one of our marketing people. Colorado Apparel right now is number one in America, and it's not even close. Think about that. A team that was 1-11 a year ago is right now, I was told, number one in apparel by three times the number two team in the country. And so you wow. got that going on. The season tickets are sold out for the entire season. First time that's ever happened. Uh, donations are through the roof. Uh, the company I work for, yeah, I work for the university, and then Learfield Sports. Learfield Sports is selling uh, right now uh, endorsements and sponsorships through the I mean, it, it's stunning to witness what's happening. You know what, uh, last weekend we had uh, the Fox uh, noon, big noon kickoff pregame show was there. Game day was there from ESPN. You had first take, uh, 60 minutes was there. Uh, it, the Pat McAfee show was, I mean, it's just unbelievable what, what's happening in Boulder. No doubt about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's the Mark Johnson show that really matters. I mean, those folks have been listening uh, yeah. to you for – they've been listening to you for a long time. And I will tell you, I appreciate, you know, radio, being around radio and being on radio for a long time. But, you know, my dad growing up, and you would – when you heard that recognizable voice – especially if you were somewhere else and now, you know, with Sirius and everything and you can, you know, pick stuff up at nighttime. Sometimes I, I, I talk about I'm able to pick it up in Vegas uh, and, and hear your voice. And But there's people that they did just resonate right there and go, God, Mark Johnson, man, that's Mark Johnson, the, the buffs. And now, like you said, you go from 1-11 and and now you're a player. That game against TCU, that got everything rolling. The game against Nebraska, I thought you'd take care of business there. I just thought the offense, as good as Nebraska's D is, and they're playing more like the black shirts this year than they have in a long, long time. Uh, you know, they got a bunch of sacks that game, but, you know, Shador was able to, uh, you know, take the brunt of those sacks and still engineer enough points to blow things out in the second half. And then that crazy game with Colorado State. And I like Jay Norvell. I met Jay at the Mountain West Media Day. And, you know, I think he uh, said something that I don't, I don't know if he thought it was going to get out there like it did and became bulletin board material. Uh, but got to give them credit. They played a much better game than I ever thought they were going to play and uh, made for, you know, a lot of people on the East Coast stand up till 2.30 in the morning to take in that Buffs victory in uh, double OT. Well, the, the comment by Jay Norvell, here, here's something that people are learning about uh, Coach Prime right now. Um, what Jay said, and I know Jay too, I've done a number of speaking events with, with Jay in the last couple of years. That was a pretty benign comment when you think about it. Uh, but what you find out is that when it comes to Coach Prime, nothing's benign, right? I mean, everything gets, gets blown up. The, the attention gets blown out of proportion. Now, think about the television numbers, Ken, for Colorado right now. In three games, just the eyeballs on TV, that include all the streaming and all the over-the-air uh, radio broadcasts, all this. Uh, yeah, they played in front of like 27 million people. Number two in the country is nine and a half. And so everything, I, I say all the time, when Prime gets up in the morning and makes his eggs, it's front-page news. It, it, it's really quite a phenomenon. And, and so that got blown up enormously last week. CSU played very, very well in that ball ballgame. Uh, and I think Colorado's going to see that. You know, they've got, got, got a target on their back a little bit now with all the attention they're getting. And so everyone's going to play their best game against the Buffaloes. They did last week. But uh, you mentioned Shadour Sanders. That, that guy is a special quarterback. I, you know, watching him through camp, I knew he was good. I didn't know that he was this good. Uh, he's got an arm. Uh, you know, you can, all the measurables, you could tell. Big kid, athletic kid, smart, uh, very accurate with his throw. But what I did know is the way he is able to work in the pocket, manipulate the pocket, move up and down, and keep an eye on the field. So he's, he's off in the presence. And, and right now he's leading the charge for Colorado. 
No doubt. And I love his demeanor as well, both on and off the field. Yes, he is a class act, no doubt. And uh, a little bit, you know, he's again, confidence is there. There's no question about it. But just a, a real neat human being, somebody I, I'd enjoy hanging out with because I just enjoyed the, the time that I had with him and Travis when they were there at Resorts World in Vegas. Uh, this Oregon team, they get a transfer quarterback in Bo Nix from Auburn that's really stepped up nicely. And, you know, Dan Lanning's got a squad. There's no question they've got players. And we know Autzen Stadium, one of the toughest environments in college football. But uh, I'm just thinking Shador's up to it. Now, it would be better if they had all, uh, the, all the ammo in the gun there with uh, Travis Hunter. Uh, but, you know, you lose a two-way player, uh, outstanding cornerback, excellent receiver. And what it takes away, a lot of people don't realize, Mark, is that, you know, this kid's going to get doubled up a lot of times, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. So it makes things better for guys like Weaver and Horn and Harrison, your tight end. But at the end of the day, I think there's going to be enough confidence going in there. If they could just get off to a good start, I think that, uh, you know, maybe they can – kind of have the crowd kind of second-guessing, going, wait a minute, what's going on here? Your take as far as the game, going into the game tomorrow. Well, Travis, first off with Travis Hunter, I mean, that's as unique a player. I've been doing this for 35 years, 20 at Colorado, and he's as unique a player as I've ever seen. So he is the best receiver on the field and the best corner on the field uh, when he's out there. So you, you don't replace that guy. Now, one thing that Prime did when he came on board, he's talked about this many times, traditionally you think of building from the inside out. Uh, Coach Prime had talked about building from the outside in. He went out and found a lot of skill guys. There's great depth in that receiver position. I know one's going to be able to make the dynamic plays that, that Travis Hunter does, but they got plenty of plenty of weapons out there. I mean, right now uh, you've got uh, you mentioned Mikey Harrison at the tight end, uh, who's a converted wide receiver. Jimmy Horn Jr., Xavier Weaver, uh, Tavares Dawson. I mean, there's a lot of talent there. Dylan Edwards out of the backfield has has been huge this season. So they've got enough talent to fill that position, and I think they can do that on the defensive side. In terms of the game. Both teams have very powerful, fast offenses. Now, early in the season, Kevin, you know this. At this point, three games in, and a lot of times teams have those video game kind of numbers. And it's, you know, I think Colorado's schedule has been tougher than what, uh, you know, Oregon has played. I mean, scoring 81 points against Portland State kind of bloats those numbers a little bit. But they are very explosive. And so I see this as being a pretty high-scoring game uh, tomorrow at Austin Stadium. I, I don't think this is going to be a 14-10 kind of ball game. This is going to be a 42-35 kind of ball game. I think. You know what? And you make a good point because the game at Texas Tech, yes, they win that game, but I don't want to say they stole the game. Yes, uh, as far as uh, people that were betting money on it, they stole the cover with the interception return, but they got that one-point lead late. But they struggled in that game. And it's a, Joey McGuire's got a pretty good team over there, but Oregon was very fortunate to win that game. And you're right, Portland State, 81-7. to It's an in-state FCS team. And uh, there's been times with Portland State, the Vikings have not been bad, but this year uh, just don't have that squad. And then Hawaii, you know, Timmy Chang's up against it, no doubt. And their schedule has been, you know, daunting where, you know, you're going to Vanderbilt, in the rain delay situation, go back on a short week playing Stanford. So, you know, they were out of sorts as well. So uh, totally get it. And if Colorado, like I said, if they could get off to a good start, I think we're in for a whale of a game. Uh, looking forward to a big time. But I'm looking forward to checking in with you and, and uh, you know, not only throughout the football season, basketball always fun, but uh, just checking in with Mark Johnson because I know you have a big following all over the country, all those uh, uh, those alumni. And now a lot of people are going to get to hear you with all these different calls because Coach Prime is there. And like you said, Colorado finally has that spotlight. And it's not a spotlight from being 1-11. It's a spotlight from being right there. And, uh, you know, things are changing and moving into the Big 12 next year. Mark, thanks so much for taking time out on a Friday football fiasco with Ken, with Ken Thompson. I appreciate you big time. You bet, Ken. Take care of yourself. 
There you go. Mark Johnson, the golden throat of the Colorado Buffaloes. So appreciate him taking time out. Again, he's there in Eugene. He's got a million things to do. He's got, you know, everybody, this and that, uh, wanted to talk to him. And uh, he's been coming on SportsX Radio for a while. So, you know, even with all the hoopla going on, he takes time out on a Friday football fiasco. We will take our final break of the evening. Uh, Real quick, let me just check up on the scoreboard and see if anything has gone down. I was I'm hoping that the uh, the Orioles closed out. I have not looked, and I didn't hear. I didn't know. I didn't hear my producer, but oh no! And I, I just heard nine eight. They lost the game. Wow, the Guardians got two in the bottom of the ninth. My goodness, I I'm surprised I still have a producer, but uh, I'll have to get him to the Preventive Diagnostic Center because he's going to need that heart CT scan and calcium score. The Orioles driving them nuts. Cleveland comes back and wins it, so they don't pick up any ground on Tampa. Eight four Texas still over Seattle. That's now in the top of the ninth. Minnesota eight five over the Angels. Uh, They can wrap up the Central because the Guardians stayed alive with that win over the Orioles, but if the Twins beat the uh, Angels and they lead 8-5, bottom 8 in Minnesota, they will win the AL Central. Kansas City now 7-5 over the Houston Astros. So the Stroh's not done yet. It's a team that can rally in the bottom of the ninth. That is top 9 there. We'll see if KC can hold on. They led that game 7-2. one nothing Oakland, bottom 2. They lead Detroit. Yankees did beat Arizona 7-1. one nothing San Diego still on top of St. Louis, that is top four from Petco and no score early on. San Francisco and the Dodgers just underway. Uh, college football, no score early. Boise State, San Diego State, Air Force, San Jose State, 21-13. NC State still leading Virginia, 4-13 to go fourth quarter. And it is a final from West Lafayette. Wisconsin, 38-17, knocked off Purdue, get the win, the cover, and the game goes over the total of 54 by one point. We are live from Vegas Sports X Radio. We're coming right back, wrap things up with Sisow, Jonathan Sisowski. And we'll do that right here on a Friday football fiasco. Thanks for listening, folks. Producer Mark Hoke takes us to our final break of the evening. We'll be right back. You made me cry when you said goodbye. Ain't that a shame? My tears fell like rain. That's Domino. Ain't that a shame that the Orioles blew that lead? And the funny thing is, Mark Hoke will always send me, uh, you know, the music prior to the show. And he had, uh, ain't that a shame, Fats Domino, Domino, and then his uh, Orioles, possibly. So he didn't feel real confident against Cleveland. And uh, Cleveland ends up giving up the lead in the top of the ninth with two outs and then come back and get two in the bottom of the ninth to beat the O's by a score of 9-8. to eight. So the Orioles not able to game a game on Tampa, but Tampa losing uh, low, that's, that is a major loss. Brandon Lowe is out for, uh, Mark said, somewhere in the neighborhood of six weeks. So that's, I mean, unless they go to the World Series, you know, this guy's going to probably miss the rest of the season. That is not good for Tampa Bay. That's a big part of their team. And, uh, you know, injuries are part of it, but uh, is what it is, and that's uh, bad news for Tampa. Somehow, some way, Kevin Cash has kept that team rolling as banged up, they lost their best pitcher, McClanahan. I mean, the uh, uh, you know the the whole thing going on with Wander Franco. I mean, it's just just crazy stuff, and uh, we'll see what happens. But Orioles lose, Tampa loses, uh, just wild stuff over in baseball. But we're talking football, and it was great to talk to Mark Johnson, the voice of the Colorado Buffaloes. Haven't talked to him in a while. Uh, bringing in Jonathan Sasowski, John Sasowski uh, at Sisow. Uh, 77 C I S O W. And I love John, man. He's outstanding last week, three, and zero. 
He was four and zero the first time. I don't know what he did the the middle week, but I I, I mean you're you're right now you're you're killing it, man. You're you're taking care of business. You're making people money, and that's all that really matters because you have fun with it. And uh, I I know you're on this Colorado and Oregon game, and I've talked to several people that are on. I haven't touched it. You know, when you talk to the voice of uh, one of the teams, especially Colorado, you, you realize you know he, he made a good point. I mean, Oregon they blow out Portland State. And, you know, they blow out Hawaii, both at Autzen Stadium. But the game in Lubbock, I mean, let's be real. They they trailed that game for a long, long time. They get the lead by a point there at the end. And then, you know, if people didn't watch the game, the quarterback's arm gets hit. And then the ball goes right to the linebacker. He takes it in for a, a pick six there with under a minute to go. And that gives him the cover of the, whatever, a six and a half, seven point. Just crazy. But Dan Lanning's team sitting at 3-0. Yes, they're at home, and yes, Travis Hunter is a big part of that Colorado team. But you know, Coach Prime is going to get their head, get in their heads, and say, "Hey, look, we got to uh, we got to rally around our injured player." And Travis Hunter, you know, with the lacerated liver, he is out. But uh, you know, the only thing that I'm concerned about is Shador Sanders. You know, he's already been sacked 16 times this year in the three games, so uh, that's concerning. If Oregon gets after him, uh, uh, Amave is a real solid defensive end there for the Ducks, mm-hmm. and uh, Taishim Johnson, uh, defensive back that already has 20 tackles, but he's somebody that'll come on that uh, corner blitz. And you know, just talk to me a little bit about this game. Where are you on this one, John? Because this is going to be, you know. Prime time, and with Dion involved, of course, it is prime time. But uh, this is going to be a big time game with uh, both teams. Dan Lanning, second year now at Oregon, and Dion in his first year there in Boulder. Uh, what do you make of this one? Yeah, Ken, I remember Dion Sanders on college game day, and he mentioned that he was eight to nine players away, and he called them reinforcements. Is what is the word I, if I recall that he used? And that cannot have been more true when I watched that Colorado State game, especially on the defensive line, not a consistent pass rush, and especially in that secondary. And Colorado State carved them up on the underneath routes, and they created some separation uh, in yards after the catch. And this is a game where that secondary can really get exploited if they go to -to man-to-man coverage. If they do that against those receivers and Tez Johnson, Troy Franklin, and uh, Gary Bryant Jr., Bo Nix can throw for over 400 yards in that game, and Oregon might hit over 50 points. It's a bad matchup because also on top of that, Oregon can run the football. They're 11th in the, in the nation, averaging over 230 yards a game. And check this, Colorado, 61 uh, yards a game. That's 127th in college football. So just look at it. It's about being balanced. Oregon can be balanced. And that's why the spread indicates the 21 points. And like you said with Shadur Sanders in the offensive line, if you are one balance, especially at Austin Stadium, he's going to be getting hit back there in that pocket, possibly some turnovers. And I'm leaning Oregon here, minus 21. The, line, the total is at 70. And just with the, with the issues I have with Colorado secondary, um, it wouldn't shock me if they landed right on this total or probably hit it by a point or, or maybe two points. All right. Uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State. This game from South Bend and Brad Powers, he's on big as far as Ohio State. He's got the Buckeyes. Now, Notre Dame's his favorite team. 
And uh, so I just said, you know what, Brad, every time you go against Notre Dame, it's kind of like my buddy Chuck Edel. Whenever Chuck would go against the Cubs, the Cubs would win. Every time Brad goes against Notre Dame, Notre Dame wins. It's crazy. So I, I, said, I said, just for that reason, I'm going with the Irish. I'm just going to have a little fun with it. It's not going to be a big play, but I, I just went uh, the, the anti-Brad Powers against Notre Dame play. Uh, look, Marcus Freeman in his second year doing a nice job. Ryan Day's got the, got the real deal. He's got a heck of a squad there. McCord now. He settled on him as his quarterback. But you got Henderson and Trainum and Williams in the backfield. I mean, the, the receiving core, yeah. you know, not as good as Washington's overall, but Harrison Jr. right there. Egbuka's good. Fleming's good. Excellent tight end in Stover. Uh, Notre Dame, Sam Hartman transferring over from Wake Forest, and he's been everything and then some. A steamy, the running back, is really, really good. And they've got some uh, receivers, too, with Tyree and Thomas that are pretty good. Talk to me on this one. I, I got Notre Dame right now. It's Ohio State minus 355.5 from South Bend. Where are you? Yeah, Ken, to me, it's the quarterback playing this one. I'm leading – I'm with you. I'm leading Notre Dame with three-and-a-half on here because last year the Buckeyes had the home field advantage and the quarterback advantage with C.J. Stroud. This year, Notre Dame has the advantage with an experienced veteran playmaker in Sam Hartman. But what is really not being talked about is the Notre Dame secondary. In their undefeated streak so far, they have 15 pass deflections, five interceptions, and one of those returned for a pick six. So it's strength on strength. On this one, we talk about Ohio, Ohio State wanting to throw the football and wanting to stay balanced with Travion Henderson. But this secondary for Notre Dame is really good. They, they play physical on man-to-man coverage, they all, and Freeman will throw some zone in there. And it's about Kyle McCord, the freshman QB, if he can read those coverages, if he gets confused on those routes, and avoiding the mistakes. If McCord, I'm going to say three turnovers. If the Buckeyes turn the ball over three times in this game, they are not walking out of South Bend with, with a W, but flat out. All right, there you go. All right, the last game, uh, college, Iowa and Penn State. Cade McNamara looks a little beat up. I mean, he's only completed less than four, 54% of his passes early on, but he's not been 100%. There's no doubt. Uh, LaShawn Williams and uh, Multan. Uh, you know, decent run game, but Latchy being out now for the year for Iowa, that is a major loss. Uh, it's going to be a whiteout there at Penn State. Now, there will be some weather problems. 14-mile-per-hour wind, 71% chance of rain there with that storm up and down the coast. So uh, we know Penn State's got a running game with Allen and Singleton is outstanding. And uh, that Lambert Smith's pretty good receiver as well, good tight end. Mm-hmm. And Warren, uh, your take on this one, Penn State right now, minus 14, 38-and-a-half from Happy Valley. I'm going to say right now uh, Penn State will win this game, but I'm liking Iowa to cover this. Like you mentioned, the wind, 14, 15 miles per hour. It comes down to the running game in that situation because I don't think they're going to allow Cade McNamara and Drew Aylar to throw the ball over the yard. And it comes down to Singleton and Kay, and Kay Allen for the Lions. Will they find their running lanes or will it be LaShawn Johnson for Iowa finding those running lanes, especially in between the tackles? And it's going to be a slugfest. It's likely going to be an underplay for me on this one as well. But running the football, basically, and who's going to do it better and who's going to win the uh, first downs as far as the yards per play and then also staying on the field, moving the chains on third down. But Penn State wins in the wideout. They do play very, very well at home when that uh, setup is put in play. But Iowa covers on this one. But it's going to be just a slugfest as far as I'm concerned. A good old-fashioned Big Ten slugfest there, Ken. All right, John, I I literally got 30 seconds. Who wins, the Raiders? Or the Steelers? I'm going to say the Raiders get it done. Sloppy game. I'm going to go, Ken. Let's go 2016 Raiders. 
Twenty to sixteen Raiders. I like it. That's the uh, final score of a San Francisco Cincinnati Super Bowl back in the day with Joe Montana getting it done. Great stuff. Appreciate you, sis Al. We'll do it again next Friday, man. Keep it going. Three and zero last week, and uh, you got some good plays up there, folks. You miss any part of the show? You can go back and listen to the archives. You can use the Odyssey Rewind feature. It's awesome. Follow at Ken Thompson eighty seven at SportsX Radio. The archives will be pinned there in about forty five minutes. That'll do it for me until Monday. Thanks to Mark Hope, my producer. Thanks to Mark Johnson, and thanks to all of our guests. Until Monday, you know the rules: no drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio. 101.5 FM Don. We stream live on that Odyssey app. Folks, love you. Talk to you Monday. God bless. Have a great weekend. Good night, everybody.